0: Welcome back to another meeting of the Order of the Straight Arrow. You have myself, Dustin Lays with Beef, the Troop Scout Leader, and across from me, Denim Wall, the,
1: this is the Troop's historian, known as Smoking Dart, sometimes.
2: (laughs) And in between the two wall boys, you have myself, I'm Miles, aka Chief Runs with Bins.
0: And to kick this meeting off, like the others, we are going to do our Straight Arrow Oath, for those of you in scout uniform, three-finger salute, and those of you in civilian clothes, hand over your heart and repeat after the historian: A straight arrow tells the truth. A straight arrow loves nature. A straight arrow
1: likes a Sunday, even on a Monday.
2: And a straight arrow is always against Bill H.R. Fifty-seven, which would allow the importation of South American propane. Gonna
0: get a round table, we Tanya we tanya Let's start this episode off with a little bit of information coming from our historian.
1: All right, so watching this episode, it is a bit light on references and um, interesting things to talk about, but had its moments, it made me laugh a couple times.
0: Yeah, it didn't have a huge plot line, but it definitely had some good zings. Yeah,
1: so what we're talking about is... The episode Husky Bobby, which is from season two, it is the sixth episode, the 19th that we're covering. It originally aired on November 9th, 1997, written by Jonathan Collier, who's also known for writing Keeping Up With Our Joneses, and uh, this is the second of four writing credits for King of the Hill. Uh, but he was a producer on The Simpsons from 93 to 97, so arguably, like, the best years of The Simpsons. Um, and then producer on King of the Hill from 97 until 2003. He's bounced around a bunch of other stuff, but King of the Hill and Simpsons most notable. Um, this episode's actually directed by Martin Archer, uh, who's also directed Shins of the Father. and This is his last uh, directed episode for King of the Hill. He mostly worked on The Simpsons. He's working on Rick and Morty now. Um, he worked on King of the Hill from 97 to 99. Um, he is Wes Archer's brother.
0: Yeah, I was going to guess. Yeah. Like, any relation, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, he's a brother. Um, and yeah, so plot synopsis for this one. Bobby finds success as a Husky model, much to Hank's embarrassment.
0: <laughs> that's, and that's about it. That's, that's really. So thank you for that. And let's get into this episode.
1: Yeah, so we got, we start off with there's another director intro, like uh, most of the other ones on season two. This one's really lame. It's literally just the words Husky Bobby, uh, inflating and deflating and inflating and deflating, and with the voiceover in the background of Carlo, yeah, shouting directions <laughs> at it.
0: It's your birthday now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this episode has no cold open, and we see Hank and the family at one of his favorite stores, Shellwinds. So this is the first appearance of Shellwinds that we see
2: in the King of the Hills series. Um... The location of it definitely changes throughout the uh, the series because the first uh, this episode that we see Shelwins it's like a smaller like independent one off little store. Uh, later on in the series, it's way bigger. It's more of like a true department store sort of thing.
1: Does uh, does Dial still work there? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, that was crepitious. Did you see that? Yeah, Yeah, I saw that. I was like, what the hell? I paused on it and I was like, is that actually what it says?
1: (laughs) So, this is one of the few episodes on the DVDs that do have commentary. Unfortunately, it's just commentary by characters again. Uh, This one is Bobby, Luann, and Peggy all watching it. And yeah, at that moment, uh, one of them is just like, hey, it's Dale. (laughs) And Peggy's just like, no, Luann, you're stupid. And it's (laughs) like, (laughs) they don't even, I don't even think they noticed that it said dial.
2: No. Uh, yeah, so Shelwin's, uh makes six appearances in King of the Hill. Uh, this episode, Hair Today, Gone Tomorrow, Rich Hank, Poor Hank, Boxing Luann, the Peggy Horror Picture Show, I'm with Cupid, and of course, uh, this episode we're talking about Husky Bobby. Uh, we also find out that in I'm with Cupid, the woman's uh, shoe section at Showins is uh, Boomhauer's favorite spot to pick up women. <laughs> uh,
1: so maybe that is like what, what he likes to do, noting back to the company man.
0: Yeah, with John Redcorn. And uh, I bet you Peggy still can't get shoes at Shelwyn's.
1: No, she's got to go to H. Dumpty's shoe (laughs) department. (laughs) She'll be a size six there. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so Bobby's having a hard time fitting into any of these clothes that Shelwyn's offers.
3: Excuse me, can you show us how to operate these pants? We're having some trouble. Yeah, so...
1: Uh this prompts the employees to let him know. I believe this is when
0: Dial yeah, comes up and says He takes him aside. <laughs> hey,
1: your son might be more welcome at H. Dumpty's. <laughs> and Hank Hank takes this pretty hard that he's gotta take his son to a fat store.
3: Well, let's go tell Bobby he's fat. <laughs>
1: Neither of you guys would have had to have this talk from your parents, <laughs> but I distinctly remember being, uh, 10 years old and it was just after we had moved one school to the other. Yeah. And I, I like got a PlayStation that summer. I had no friends cause I had just moved. So I spent the whole summer inside. I didn't play any more sports anymore cause all my friends who played sports were at the other school. And then like, yeah, just that summer I just like put on some weight and dad was like, you know, you, you might want to try some more sports.
0: <laughs>
1: I was like, oh, damn, I'm fat.
0: <laughs>
1: but it's been PlayStation ever since then. Yeah, it's,
2: it's super funny. Um, on the way from Shelwyn's to h Dumptys, and they're trying to explain to Bobby without, you know, saying that it's a fat kid's store. Like, they're <laughs> like, oh, every snowflake is different. And Hank's like, some are a lot bigger than others. <laughs> and then at the end of it, Bobby's like, are you taking me to the vet? <laughs> 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 like he couldn't be more clueless to what's going on, even though he clearly couldn't get those pants to fit. No. And at first, I love Hank's like, well, it's not like there's a science to putting your ha- your your pants on, son. And then he asks Dial, and it's like <laughs> Hank's clearly not going to go over there and try to yeah. help him.
0: <laughs> Fucking Dial. So Dial obviously tells them that they're not welcome, so they have to head over to H Dumpty's, and and I think this is where it starts to dawn onto Bobby.
1: Well, yeah, he sees, the, he sees all the kids there shopping. These kids don't look
4: like they like sports.
3: Oh, sure they do. They're wearing sneakers and baseball caps, aren't they?
4: This is a fat kid store.
1: <laughs> fat guys play baseball well.
3: All yeah, like, oh, those kids have, like, fudgesicles in their head. Yeah. <laughs> And Peggy said, Oh, look at all the overalls. <laughs> yeah. So much color. <laughs> You'd never guess they could stretch as they do and still keep their shape. Must be using some sort of advanced polymer.
1: Hank's going to have to do some more research. Yeah. But Bobby takes to it quite well. He starts trying on all the clothes. He puts on a little impromptu fashion show.
0: Oh, yeah, this is actually really good.
1: Yeah, it, it gets the, uh, n- the notice of... Uh, Mr. Hal Dumpty himself.
4: Hey, I'm dressed like a football coach. You call that a block? <laughs> I just like that one. <laughs>
1: there's, um, there's actually deleted scenes after that where he continues on and he goes like, you bleep and bleeps. Like, oh, no. Like way. as if he yeah. was watching football on TV. And yeah. then he, there's also one where he comes out as the minister and he pretends that he's like preaching.
0: Oh, yeah, he says that I'm a minister, but yeah. See, it's we funny,
1: don't... like, as a Canadian, when I heard minister, I assumed, like, he meant,
0: like... like prime minister. Like, the prime
1: minister, and yeah. then I was like, oh, wait, no, that's a no. church thing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like... So, yeah, we do get to meet Hal Dumpty, the owner of the store. Yeah. Um, I was surprised that his name wasn't Humpty,
1: <laughs>
0: but uh, that is a very familiar voice, one that we know very well. Bill. None other than
3: Stephen Root. We're about to put an ad in the Arlen Bystander. I'd like him to model for us. You want my son to be a fashion model? Sure, why not?
4: Yeah, Dad, why not?
3: <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Hank's obviously too busy.
4: Well,
0: that's decided. <music> Mm-hmm. So we see the the hills back
2: at the Hill House now, and it's actually uh, Bobby's in his room still modeling off his new clothes to himself this time. He's checking himself out in the mirror. And I love that Luann comes in. She goes, hey, you look different. Did I give you a haircut? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, I, I, I realized I got this new store that it's like where I'm supposed to be shopping at. I realized I always thought I was an extra, extra large, but it turns out I'm a medium. <laughs> 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 and yeah, and he tells Luann, um, he mentions that... Uh, that they asked him to be a model for their ad in the Ireland Bystander and Luann just is like so for it like she's like models are some of the happiest people on
1: earth <laughs> yeah he gets to live out her dream
2: yeah said, uh, she wants to be his stylist and driver because she's working on getting her license in both
1: <laughs> I mean that's a pretty good deal for her you know like if, mo- if Bobby's modeling thing was able to take off mm-hmm. then like that could be a good foot in for her too mm-hmm. she could cater to all the husky boys in Ireland <laughs> And soon all the husky boys in Hollywood. And
2: Bobby uh, goes and actually does the photo shoot because Luan drives and We don't actually get to see that, which is kind of a shame because the pictures looked hilarious. But he comes back into the kitchen and Hank's reading the newspaper. And Bobby's just like, Dad, a man took pictures of me. He's like,
1: what?
0: (laughs) That is not what you want your son coming in and telling you.
1: I mean, in his underwear, no less.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it turns out Hank is less concerned about the safety of his son and the embarrassment of his son. So Not
1: even his son. Himself,
0: yeah. It's very uh, obvious that he can't deal with it, and that's why he calls the newspaper.
3: If you run that ad in your paper, my son could never go back to school. You've seen his picture. You can tell he's not very good with his
1: fists. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and so Hank takes to intercepting all the papers in his neighbor's driveways, tearing out the page with Bobby in it.
0: And while this was happening, there was a cool little song in the background, and it sounded dangerously close to being a refreshment song.
1: Oh, really? Maybe it was. Yeah, let's take a look. I could hear this as a refreshment
0: song. Right. Just waiting for that to kick in.
1: Yeah, I can like almost hear his voice singing. Yeah, so pretty much almost here. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I just thought that maybe Ro- it was... Roger Klein is the singer's is, name. Is that his name? Yeah, Roger Klein. Shouts out Roger Klein. Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, they uh, Bill actually is the first one to get his paper because he's got nothing else to do. Oh, he is so thrilled. Did you come over to
3: have breakfast with me because you thought I was lonely? Uh, sure. All right. I'll start grating the potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Then
0: he just clops back inside in his little flippers.
1: If anybody tells me they're grating potatoes,
0: I'm not coming over for breakfast. And I like that he just kind of assumes that he's coming over for breakfast when he's just outside. Like, <laughs> there's no mention of breakfast. Well,
1: I can see he's like, "Oh, you were coming over. You grabbed my paper. You're gonna come on in next.
0: <laughs> Move in next week, and we go- can hang out forever. <laughs> Make it a regular."
2: I like how comfortable Bill is in his house coat because it was just we just watched the Arrowhead where he's like strutting <laughs> around the neighborhood at nighttime in his house coat and like uh, undershirt. And yeah, I love that Hank just is like. Oh, and like doesn't even like acknowledge <laughs> no. when Bill turns around, he just walks away and like, yeah, Bill's just completely clueless. And somehow Hank does save Boomhard, Dale, and Bill from actually seeing the ad, which is quite miraculous.
1: Well, I mean, besides Bill almost caught him, but he's too stupid to notice. But the other two are way they probably don't even ever read the newspaper anyway. Especially Dale. Dale is not opening up that normie news. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So Peggy gets a call from the second-best talent agent in all of Arlen uh, to get Bobby more work as a model, and Hank starts losing it. He can't believe that she's doing this. And we get this amazing line from Hank.
3: Why are you encouraging Bobby? I'm trying to contain an outbreak here, and you're driving the monkey to the airport. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I was a little perplexed by that quote, so I, I looked up what, a, what it was in reference to. And, uh, it's a reference to the 1995 film Outbreak, starring Dustin Hoffman, Rene Rousseau, Morgan Freeman, and Kevin Spacey. The plot outline for that movie is that oct- army doctors struggle to find a cure for a deadly virus spreading throughout a California town that was brought to America by an African monkey. Now, I'm trying to contain an outbreak here, and you're driving the monkey to the airport. It's also a song by American band Forever Einstein. What? Off their two, uh, yeah, off their 2005 album, uh, Racket Science. That's totally in reference to this, hey? Oh, it has to be. It has to be. Yeah, they're... Uh, are they,
1: I've never heard of them. Who are they? American Science?
2: Uh, They're called uh, Forever Einstein. They're like a prog rock, like King Crimson, like sort of like band. I mean,
1: King Crimson's good, but prog rock, isn't always good. Yeah.
2: They weren't, they're not like super huge. Like, uh, they've since disbanded and like, they're. Not, I don't even think their music is like streaming on like Apple Music or anything anymore.
1: It's the name of a song or an album?
2: That's the name of a song. Do they
1: have, is there lyrics in it or is There's it instrumental? There's no
2: uh, I, I looked at, I think three of their songs and none of them had, uh, had lyrics. They're, they're all, all just groovy. Yeah, it was all avant-garde uh, progressive music and yeah, I thought it was kind of funny. They're known, I guess, for having these like super long, like bizarre song titles for all of their songs, I guess and yeah. I thought it was funny, so I guess they're uh, big King of the Hill fans. Maybe. <laughs> Shouts um, out, fucking.
1: <laughs> I would be curious to see some of their other titles if there are other references to other things that I know about.
2: Yeah, I should have looked at that actually.
1: Um, outbreak is uh, is that, is not a bad movie. That's one of those like specials that I would see on TV when I was like homesick. Would be outbreak. <laughs> it's
2: like on. Superstation?
1: Yeah. You know, they play the movies, like, they get you all scared of being sick when you're homesick. Fun fact, though, and this is a little peek behind the curtain as to our recording schedule this movie came out on Mario Day, 1995. Does anybody want to take a wild guess at what Mario Day is?
0: Oh, March
1: 10th. March 10th. MAR10, Mario. Uh, That's today. Interesting. Happy Mario Day. And I guess it's the anniversary of outbreak. We're wow. talking about it today. Awesome. Yeah, movie came out March 10th, 1995. It grossed 189.8 million dollars. was a, I remember it being an okay movie back when I saw it in the mid2000s on TV.
0: edited. I've <laughs> I've never seen it. But uh, it sounded like a pretty star-studded cast, Kevin Spacey. I heard some other names. Uh, <laughs> I don't
1: think Kevin's. Oh, Kevin Spacey's in it. <laughs> Kevin Spacey, yeah. Donald Sutherland, Patrick Dempsey, Cuba Gooding. Donald
0: Sutherland.
1: Cuba Gooding Jr. Wow. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was Wolf Wolfgang Peterson um, directed it.
3: Hey, fatty, you are fat. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> All right. Well, I guess that's enough about Outbreak. Um, <laughs> Hank. Uh... We kind of get to see his real intentions behind his hesitation towards letting Bobby model. Just because he remembers how mean he was to the, quote-unquote, husky boys.
3: Hey, fatty! You are fat!
0: (laughs) And he doesn't want the same fate for Bobby. So he will not let him model. And...
1: Again, these actually deleted scenes on this are all pretty weak on this episode. Yeah. Um, the flashback for this is just more of him yelling.
0: Mean things.
1: No, just calling him fatty and saying they're fat. Just saying, hey, fatty, you're fat. But like a few other times in different like Oh, just different poses. locations. Yeah. yeah. Like, it just You never see the people he's yelling at either. Yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, then Peggy uh, draws attention to Bobby with Luann and is just like, look at how excited he is. Do you really want to ruin that? And then we get to see Bobby flipping through his scrapbook of his accomplishments throughout his life.
4: I got my birth certificate, a leaf I found, and now this. <laughs> <laughs> I would have,
0: I would
1: have liked to seen like a few more things in there. Maybe like the sewing badge from that <laughs> fell off, or like what? Can you think of some other ones that he might be like a guitar pick. <laughs>
2: Well, that's the thing. Like, he's infamous for, like, underachieving. <laughs> like, yeah. I know at one point in the series, like, his, like, trophy rack that Hank built for him is just, like, a spot where Peggy hangs, like, potted plants off of it now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you could, like, you could have put, like, the, maybe the fun shoot, like, a target from the fun shoot in his scrapbook. or
2: yeah, that, that... He's had
1: a few things that he would call accomplishments. It's
2: second place in a real real father-son fun shoot. There you go. <laughs> Uh, but Hank and Peggy uh, continue to not see eye to eye, and uh, Peggy, uh, against Hank's wishes, takes Bobby to this uh, talent agent, uh, the second biggest in all of Ireland, and uh, they're blown away because he has water in bottle form.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Peggy can't believe it. She has to take it home.
2: Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And he, um, he just goes that he can get a lot of work for Bobby, and Bobby can become the next Andy Maynard. And uh, Andy Maynard, I guess, is a very... Uh, Well-known
0: plus-size model. Uh, He enjoys Sundays, even on Mondays.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) So Bobby finds out that Andy Maynard is headlining the Little Junior Plus fashion show, but he has to hold off and take baby steps first because there is a new clothing line,
3: Gravitas. There's a catalog shoot tomorrow for Caulfields of Texas. They're launching a new line of clothing called Gravitas. (laughs)
4: I want that account.
3: Yeah, I
2: looked. I didn't know what gravitas gravitas meant. Do you know what it means?
1: Yeah, it means like you draw eyes on you. No. Oh.
2: (laughs) It means uh, dignity, seriousness, or solemnity of manner. So, like, the complete opposite of, like, a Husky
3: Boy (laughs) photo shoot.
1: I thought if you had, like, gravitas, it meant, like, people looked up to you.
0: I thought it was just, like, a gravitational pull, like, orbit.
1: That's what I thought, like, I thought the Mm -hmm. gravity part was, like, drawing. Because
0: there's so much mass.
1: Yeah, that too, (laughs) that too. That's also what I thought they were.
0: So Bobby wants that account, and so he needs to keep his shape until the shoot. And Hank comes into the kitchen, and he's eating peanut butter.
1: Yeah, well, Hank comes in with a football like Bobby might want to ever have played sports. <laughs> yeah. But now Bobby Bobby needs to watch his shape, so he needs to eat the peanut butter.
2: Yeah, it's it's hilarious too, because he's just sitting there in like this little dress shirt that he's got on, like eating peanut butter straight out of the jar. And um he goes, How about you play a little bit of catch with me and I'll buy you that new CD you wanted by those guys I hate? And Bobby's like, My agent gave me an advance. I already bought it. And that bike helmet, you said you'd get me if my grades improved. And then in comes Bill with a rake, and he's been raking the hills lawn because Bobby's been paying him to do his chores. Just
1: I love Bobby just big wheeling with a dollar bill <laughs> to like to give to Bill. Like, Bill, like Bill isn't doing it for the dollar. Bill's doing it for the pleasure of doing bobby's
3: chores he's like no 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 thank you sir
1: i mean bill's a husky boy
3: too he's got to look up to bobby now (laughs) raking the yard is your job bobby
4: i know but i got a career to think about now the yard is raked but this peanut butter is not gonna eat itself well back to work he goes out to the alley but what does he try and explain to the boys I
2: don't know, because uh, Peggy hollers out to him that, like, we're leaving to go to the photo shoot. Yeah, we'll, that's we'll it. We'll see you there. He tries to
1: deflect.
2: Yeah, and he's like, oh, it's a family portrait. Yeah. <laughs> and Dale and Boomhauer just start ridiculing him, and, like, Boomhauer's making fun of him that he's going to be, like, combing his hair and
3: getting his good side. Yeah, man, i tell you what, man, he gets all prettied up, and they, like, they're combing his hair all off their side, man. going <laughs> are like, get my good side, man. you done doing pretty sissy dad like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so... This is good. This is weird because there's a deleted scene after this. I th- This is where I figure it would go because I can't really um, pick a spot where else it would be. But uh, they must have cut it out because it doesn't make sense here. But Hank drives them to the photo shoot, all Luann, Peggy, and Bobby. And then Hank sits out in the car when they're – like, he says, oh, I'm going to stay in the car. And he holds up. He's like, the day I can't enjoy myself with a chamois and a bottle of liquid dashboard is the day I can't enjoy life. <laughs> and then it just cuts to him, like, chamoising like, the trucks beside him. <laughs> and, like, a guy comes out. He's like, what the hell are you doing with my truck? He's like, killing time. But, yeah, of course, in this scenario, Bobby is driven there by Peg and the land
0: Yeah, Hank comes in later. And then... When he enters in the studio, it's pretty much just like a New York nightclub. It's like
1: he died and went to New York. Yeah. (laughs) It is, it totally reminds me of just like every stereotype that clashes with Hank
4: in one room. room. Yeah. Hey, Dad, you're just in time. We're coming off of five and now we're going to shoot another setup. Grab a plate and settle. That
1: means be quiet. (laughs) Hank, of course, gets shunned into the corner with Peggy and Luann.
2: Yeah, like, they're just standing away from all these, like, modern, like, artsy people. They're standing by the water. I
1: totally would have, if I was, like, right in this episode, I would have worked in the Luann side plot more. Like, because this is somewhere Luann could have tried to pretend she was, like, modeling somebody's hair and then, like, done it super well or something. Or, like... You know what I mean? Or, like, done it super bad, and then, like, it turned out to be really good. Mm-hmm. And then maybe have some, like, shining light at the end of this episode where it's a failure for Bobby, but maybe Luann mm-hmm. made a friend or a contact or just some more, like, inspiration for her. Because this is directly related to her world, right? Like, the whole fat. this is her dream. And she said that earlier. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen more yeah, involvement of her.
2: That would have made a lot of sense. Yeah, there's so many uh, opportunities in that scene. Yeah. Or in this episode in general for her to for her to be more. But um wasn't meant to be. So now it's finally uh, Bobby's uh, time to shine in the photo shoot. He's got, uh, he's been all, you know, freshened up by the makeup department. And uh, the photographer is this very metrosexual, very flamboyant man named Carlo. (laughs) Now he's voiced by David Herman and so is Claude Stokes, who we forgot to mention is uh, is Bobby's new talent agent. And this dude, uh, Carlo, takes his job really seriously. (laughs) And he is going all out for this photo shoot for... uh, Crawfields of Texas, whatever this is.
3: <laughs> hey, life lifeguard, look at you, up on your purse so high. All around you they splash and splash, but not you. Cut, cut. That's it. Go home, everybody. None of this ever happened. Hank, what are you doing? I'm not doing anything. I'm not even here. None of us are. Let's go. <laughs> and Hank is just furious, picks Bobby
1: up, and just drags him out. And just in the car ride home, just everybody's, no. But I love it, Luann's like, Uncle Hank,
0: no. She's like, but you didn't even know what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. later it shows that she's just got her hair slammed in the door. And like when, on re-watching this, like I looked at the uh, animation <laughs> yeah. with Luann, and you can actually see like before she even says anything that she's like just her, stuck in the door. Her, hair, and, like, her head is like sideways. Yeah, and then on the close-up, like
2: her hair is completely stretched out. Yeah, it's funny. Um, this, like, little uh, flip out that Hank does uh, in this scene, it reminds me of um, the Arrowhead, where he's just like, no, that's it. Like, you're all sued. I'm suing you all right now. Yeah, you're witnesses yeah, to that. Yeah, like, he no, 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 just starts screaming at everyone. And everyone's just like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> like, they could care less about, like, I'm sure there's there's got to be other, like, stuff going on in this room. <laughs> right? Oh, like, it's, it's not just Bobby's uh, photo shoot all these people are here for. But
1: So the next scene we get is Hank and Peggy laying in bed, and uh, Hank's just saying that Bobby's just going to forget about it by tomorrow anyway. So, of course, Bobby lets it known in the car that he's been invited to the pa- to the fashion show.
3: The... The little junior what?
1: Plus! <laughs> little junior plus model? Yeah. Um, But, yeah, then Hank's just sort of telling Peggy in bed later that this is something that Bobby's just going to forget
0: about. But, yeah, the next morning... Uh, Hank tries to. Well, we see Bobby leave in a, a cab for the Little Junior Plus Fashion Show, and Hank comes into his room to make amends, and he uh, he starts his apology speech with just some really powerful words.
3: Bobby, I know you're probably pretty upset with me right now, but one day you'll understand how much love it takes to crush a little boy's dreams. <laughs>
0: Because that's what he does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is Bobby still asleep? Well, what does he have to wake up for, Hank?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, then he finds out that Bobby isn't in bed. And then he runs into Luann's room <laughs> to make sure that she hasn't taken
3: him. Yeah. <laughs> and who do we get under the blankets there? Buckley. Oh, no, not you, too. Oh! <laughs> I'm in a crisis situation here. I got to go find Bobby. You two take turns kicking each other's asses. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we see uh, Buckley. This is the, the first time we see Buckley since Luanne's saga, not including The Company Man, which is uh, a season one episode we talked about, but actually was uh, aired in season two. He's also in Hank's Dirty Laundry, The Man Who Shot, Kane Screderberg, Leanne's Saga, and Propane Boom. But
1: he's also in that first episode at Megalomart, Unnamed, working at Megalomart. Right. The
0: chocolate
3: aisle. Ah, yes, Bobby Hill. You are talent. Oh. Here's your complimentary tote bag.
4: Toilet water. Cool. That's like for an emergency or something, right? What he's talking
1: about is eau de toilette. (laughs) Um... I actually I did so I didn't actually do any research on this, but I was informed by my girlfriend because I was like, What is that? I've heard that joke before. In others. I think Simpsons they bring up eau oh, de toilette. It's a it's a real like thing. So what it what it means in France is basically like powder room, like eau oh, de like so instead of to- toilet doesn't mean shitter. It means um
0: I always took it as cologne.
1: It is.
0: It is, but it's like,
1: yeah. but it's not like saying it's water from the toilet. Yeah, it's not it's toilet like water, water. In the, it's you use it in the.
0: You use it in the bathroom, which has a toilet in the powder
1: it. room. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, the crapper was invented by a man named Thomas Crapper.
0: <laughs> nice. It's a
1: fact. Google it. I think you're full of crap. Google it. I'm serious. He was an English plumber. Founded Thomas Crapper and Co. in London, a sanitary equipment company. He held nine patents. Three of them were for water closet improvements, such as the floating ballcock. And he improved the S-bend trap in 1880 and invented the plumbing trap, the U-bend. All of those were instrumental in the creation of the crapper.
0: Um, Can we just back up to the first thing you said? Yeah. The ballcock?
1: Yeah, the ballcock.
0: right, so I heard that right.
1: Yeah, it's also called a ball tap or a float valve.
0: Ball cock, it will do. So anyways, back to the episode. Okay, yeah. Uh, Hank obviously needs to run to this fashion show as fast as he can now uh, because he needs to stop Bobby from having his big moment, where Peggy is saying that they're missing his big moment, and they weave through traffic. Yeah, Hank didn't fill up with 89 octane
2: for nothing. He's flying through uh through Ireland. I guess this is actually pretty far away. It just gives more like uh, credit to how much money Bobby's actually making if he can pay for a cab himself all the way to this fashion show. And while Hank and Peg are racing there, we have a cut to at the mall where none other than Stuart Dooley and his gang of like skid looking cronies yeah. show <laughs> so, up. Um, they've all got like shaved heads with like rat tails and stuff, and like ripped up jeans, and they're just like asking about what it is, and the woman's just like just completely oblivious to, like, they're, like, <laughs> the bullies of town. And she's yeah. like, oh, it's a fashion show for husky boys, and it's all the money goes to support the local schools, and there's free donuts. And they're all just like, what does uh,
3: Stuart say? We'll do it for the schools. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> then we get Andy Maynard and Bobby have a meeting backstage. And Bobby, pretty excited what is his free tote bag, asks Andy Maynard if he got the same.
4: Yeah, but. It's the worst
1: one I've ever seen. Yeah. So, yeah, Patricia Childress is the voice actor for Andy Maynard. I don't really – I can't really get a good grasp on what it is that she does, but she's awarded some – she's been awarded some Emmys, and it seems like she's a bit of everything – writer, actress, director, producer. seems like most of her work comes from talk shows, Dr. Phil's show, uh, Tyra Banks' show, some other stuff, but – yeah, she seems
0: to be around, working. Where does she find the time for her junior plus size modeling career?
1: No idea. I'm wondering if maybe she's just like a proud Texan and just asked to be involved
0: one day. I have no idea. I mean, makes sense. I feel like that's something they could get on board with. Mm-hmm. She's in the industry. Might as well bring she, her over.
1: It could be, too, that she was just working at this time because it doesn't look like a lot of her other shows like that she started working on talk shows in like the earlier mid 2000s. So maybe at this time she was still just trying to do voice acting or just be an actress, but...
0: The peak of daytime television.
1: Yeah, I mean... I'm here,
0: and I'm proud. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> but we find out that Annie Maynard is a total diva.
1: Oh, The diva
0: of divas. And uh, then uh, Andy starts to uh, manipulate Bobby a little bit because obviously Bobby looks up to him.
4: Hey, do you want to get into trouble? No. Then get me a brownie give <laughs> me a brownie
2: <laughs> so bobby doesn't think twice i mean he's probably gonna get like a couple brownies yeah. <laughs> and like of course like there's ample snacks that like a fat kid would love like there's like a table full of donuts that uh, doesn't really get a lot eaten that we find out uh later but hank arrives uh he's in front of the mall and it's, like, a long, like, traffic lineup of people getting dropped off in front of the mall. So he hammers it in a four-wheel drive, like, 4 bys through, like, a garden bed, like, around a round of water fountain. And, like, leaves Peggy just, like, sitting in the truck in the passenger seat. <laughs> yeah. And he just, like, sprints out and sees the, like, the runway. And there's just this, like, giant whale with like, a yeah. sailor cap on. <laughs> and he's, like, oh!
4: <laughs>
2: and he... Uh,
0: yeah, he makes it to uh, the backstage and then walks in on a change room of husky boys, and they all, all covering their breasts. Yeah, they all shriek, and he's just like, "Nothing I haven't seen before." And then he obviously sees something that he hasn't seen before. <laughs> yeah, he makes a pretty good face. Um, and then we get a
1: shot. We get we cut to Bobby's agent, Claude Stokes, comes and tells him that he's on, he's to go on first. Bobby's immediate reaction is, "What is Andy Maynard gonna think?"
4: <laughs> I'll tell you what Andy Maynard thinks.
1: <laughs> Andy Maynard always goes on first. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bobby's just dressed as a little sailor boy. <laughs> he doesn't have much time to think because yeah, Hank comes barging in
3: are you gonna come quietly or do I carry you out baby tantrum style
1: I love it and then um, because Bobby's takes a stand against his father at this point and kind of says like hey you need to listen to me I want to do this <laughs> Hank is not having it you can't
4: make me leave dad I'm going on first I've never been first in anything
3: Tell you what, you can be the first to drop out of this show. Come on.
4: Why are you always trying to turn me into you? Why can't you accept me for who I am?
3: (sighs) Yeah, yeah, we both saw that after-school special, but I'm not an alcoholic and you're not an ice skater, so let's go. But
4: it's not fair!
3: Oh, come on, son. I'm just trying to keep you from being embarrassed. And
0: now I may be reaching, but I'm pretty sure that they're talking about Tanya Harding. I don't know if you know much about Tanya Harding. She was uh, an Olympic medalist. She was the first woman to land a triple sow cow. Like the triple spin. Anyways, her... Yeah, she was raised by an alcoholic mother. And, uh... Yeah... I love how
2: dramatic Bobby gets. Like, he's taking a page out of Andy Maynard's book. Like, when Andy's screaming there about how he goes on first, it honestly reminded me of, like, Luann being, like, the trailers tipped over. Like, he's just, like, putting, like, his entire, like, voice and, like, his, like, soul into these lines. And Hank just, like, does not care. And Hank still, like, refuses to, like, show, like, the actual reason. Like, he just keeps brushing it off. Like, no, like, we just have to leave and, like, that's it. He just keeps saying a father knows best and that Bobby should just you know, believe him, and of course he doesn't.
4: I guess I'll never get my moment in the spotlight.
3: Bobby, wait. Yes, Dad? Why don't you drape this poncho over you till we get to the car?
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Like,
3: I
0: totally thought Hank was gonna maybe just, like, you know, take a step back and just be like, okay, Bobby, like, learn for yourself. But no. (laughs) No. <laughs> We're going to make it worse by hiding you. <laughs>
1: I wonder what the episode would have – how it would have gone if Bobby did get hit by a bunch of donuts. Like, Because I don't know. Does Bobby really like, I don't, I think care he, if he gets bullied? It doesn't seem like Bobby is, is, is ever worried about being bullied.
0: I picture if Bobby got pelted with jelly-filled donuts, he would just kind of start scraping the jelly off his cheeks and just probably <laughs> eat it. And not really care, you know?
1: Right? Like, I mean, none of like, the... Like,
0: what kind of fashion show is this? Like, <laughs> like no. none of the
1: people in the fashion show were his friends. So it's not like he would have no. cared that
0: they all were getting donuts thrown at them. I don't know. I just... I mean, we do see that he is relieved um, that he didn't get hit with donuts. Yeah, that's probably true. Because at the no end... Nobody wants to get hit with donuts. Well, no, nobody wants to. Um, but, I mean, there's worse things. But, I mean, if
1: you got him, throw him my way.
2: So, um, after a bunch of... Uh, You know, tantrum fighting for Bobby And at one point he even calls out To Carlo to to save him We see Hank, Peggy, and Bobby leaving I think uh, Hank is still like Basically holding on to Bobby So he won't run away But they're on uh, the the upper tier of the mall So they're looking down at the fashion show And it's Andy Maynard Just like smiling and waving And strutting around the catwalk And all of a sudden he just gets hit With like a cream filled donut (laughs) Right on his shirt It's just like Huh? And then it is just like fucking anarchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, Stuart Dooley and his gang of thugs are just like snipers <laughs> with these donuts. Like they're just like all the different kinds. Like they're hum- humming them like frisbees and baseballs. And they like, even
1: get they even get delivered a refill at one point. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> right here is fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like they're hitting like like no adults stop them. Nobody can. No. Like uh, like even. Uh, Mr. Stokes Claude Stokes is getting peppered like the parents in the audience <laughs> are just getting hammered and like the one kid's got like like the, the little like colored like John Lennon oh, glasses yeah, yeah, on and oh, he just gets yeah. like smeared jelly across his eyes and it's like I love that scene that was great I
1: thought of that scene and it remind. me I don't know if it is but it would have come out a little bit before this if not just around this but it reminded me of natural born killers maybe only because of those glasses yeah <laughs> but it just said that scene reminded me of it like they have a lot of those weird like slow motion shots of and like stuff like that mm-hmm. in that movie yeah it could be
0: the whole time this donut massacre is going on we uh hear a beautiful deep house track from crystal waters
2: This song, like, reminds me of, like, the intro to, like, an old, like, Mario game.
1: I was, you know what? Straight up, when you said that, or sorry, before you said that, when I was, like, listening to this first, I was, like, it, am I shopping on the Nintendo Wii channel? Because it sounds just like that to me. Like, it totally sounds like something out of Mario. I, or even Grand Turismo. Like, I, I googled up, like, what video games this song was in. It's not in any. This is actually the only thing I think it's featured in, uh, like, media-wise. It's a very good song. It was released um April 3rd, 1991, and it made it all the way up to the number 8 spot on the Top 100.
0: And that's just one chart. It made it on like countless uh weekly charts across multiple countries. Yeah, the like, number one spot. So the, yeah, this was
1: Billboard uh Top 100 American number 8. But yeah, the uh, it's yeah, Crystal Waters, she's uh actually the daughter, I believe, of a famous jazz singer. Um, and uh, yeah, she's from Washington, D.C. And I believe she wrote this song about a homeless woman who, was, who would just get dressed up and sing on the corners in Washington, D.C. and Kind of just, yeah, she was inspired, I guess, to do the la da 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 by the bass line. And then uh, she was like, well, I need somebody who can sing that. So she wanted to tell a story of somebody singing that la da dee
0: Oh, okay, nice. Um, yeah, I remember now It was, uh, there's two other things That got featured in One was In Living Color Yes Yes, it was parodied Parodied, yeah Uh, by, uh Wayans. Yeah, Wayne's, And, uh, she did it like The Flintstones And instead of like la da It was like Yabba-dabba-doo Or whatever Yeah Yeah, uh, so there was that And then And
1: there's often I, I, I read that they often When DJs, like, make mixes Of this song They'll often throw those lines in as well yeah. I think that's fun
0: oh yeah that's great I bet you this song got a lot of clubs in the 90s pretty banging oh yeah yeah and then uh, one uh, other fun fact it was released uh, a cover of it was released in a Dance Dance Revolution game oh yes I saw that yeah
1: so yeah it is in that video
0: game yeah so that's, that's aren't games one. I played no, that, that's not where you would know it from that's for sure but yeah, no, it's a it's a good it, little ditty, and it it's does, been yeah. it's been remixed and covered like totally, by everybody. It
1: totally reminds me of like Nintendo Wii Shop Channel, or even uh, Grand Trismo. It's like, the soft 3. synth. It's
0: the soft synthy chords.
1: Like I want to hear the Grand Trismo Three menu song now, cause it's it's like that too.
0: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like I I dumped a lot of hours in that in the game. Oh yeah, <laughs>
1: watch Dad play that one for a long time.
2: So, finally, in King of the Hill, we're not listening to, like, Dwight Yocomb <laughs> or, or Willie Nelson. We're talking about house music. Now, Dustin, I know this is your bag. Yeah. So, like, what what defines house music?
0: The four to the floor, baby. Uh, <laughs> house music got its name from, like, people just making it in their houses. Like, it was, like, anybody could do it because mm. all you need is, like, a drum machine and you can make it in your basement. Um, and how it kind of really blew up was like in, I believe it was the eighties, like mid eighties, there's a big power outage in New York and there's a bunch of looting going on. So a lot of these kind of inner city people who didn't have a lot of money. Looted a bunch of like expensive electronic radio oh, equipment. Really? Yeah, and just started making music with that, and like so it was like kind of like injected into their culture that now they had access to this kind of stuff. So they just did what they could with it, and like uh, yeah, really really blew up in New York. Crystal Waters kind of came uh, into it kind of by accident. Her first album is called Surprise. Yeah, because she was more into jazz and just singing. And, well, that's
1: for her mother's footsteps, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then uh, she ran into some producers known as the Basement Boys. Um,
1: this I actually did read this song wasn't intended for her. They wrote it for somebody else, and they showed it to her, and she came up with the la da la da And
0: that's pretty much what made the song. Right? Exactly.
1: And then they were like, well, they didn't even offer it to the woman
0: who they wrote it for
1: originally. They. Uh,
0: Which is, I mean, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: also, just, I, I forget her mother's name, but she did, uh, she was nominated, I think she was the second African American nominated for an Academy Award for a song. Uh,
0: oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's nuts. I don't remember what year, but. Fair enough.
2: Um,
1: All right, well, that was fun.
2: To quote the great Marshall Mathers, nobody listens to techno.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let go.
2: So now at this point in the episode, uh, Bobby finally is you know, gets what Hank was trying to say the whole episode. He finally understands. And he, he's, like, kind of perplexed, actually, as to how Hank knew the massacre was going to happen. And Hank says something along the lines of, like, teenage boys, the Husky boys, and donuts, you know, they don't mix. And Bobby's just super thankful, and he's super happy all of a sudden. he's not. He doesn't care at all. And he says that he's gonna get Bill to wash his car for him. I
1: like, he doesn't drop that. He's like, I'm gonna keep this guy around. Yeah,
2: he's all like doing his like showbiz routine. Like, Hank's just a guy.
4: I feel good right now. I feel like this guy will get me out of anything. I'm gonna have Bill wash your car.
2: But Hank goes on to say that a father always knows best And that a mother is has usual, you know, usually good
0: intentions But is usually
2: wrong yeah. <laughs> Peggy's like, excuse me?
4: Yeah
0: Usually wrong um, Yeah, starts talking about her lifetime average And then decides to bring up the uh, anecdotal bit About the solo flex
3: <laughs> Don't worry, Peggy I'll use it every day It's cheaper than going to the gym Okay, you've made your point. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, chest, shoulder, and back. (laughs) Okay.
0: So should we just go around the table and give our final thoughts on the episode before we close this one out? I thought that this episode was, uh, it was good, it was funny, it was enjoyable, but it was just it was light it it felt like a kind of a nice taste of king of the hill but not a whole lot happened like there wasn't a really heavy sort of emotional pull between hank and bobby yes they were feuding but i didn't really like feel anything or feel that their uh relationship progressed that much um and there was just like only a couple scenes with the boys like yeah bill had some, like some funny memorable scenes but like dale and boomhauer we saw them outside of the garage once and then that was it, and uh, we didn't really touch on anybody else. Like, we could have focused more on Luann or anybody, really.
1: Yeah, I agree. It was a bit light for an episode. I think when I was going into it, I was, I was remembering a, a very funny episode. I laughed a lot a few times. I liked it. I didn't love it. I do feel like they were going for more of a lighter episode, because uh-huh. um, this has a lot of potential to be very... You know, they could have gone any way with this and made Bobby feel really horrible, right? Yeah. I do like that he, at the end of it, that he did come to realize Hank's goal and appreciate yeah, yeah. The, what Hank was trying to do, whether or not that was guided with good intentions or not.
0: Yeah, I think you're right, because Hank spends a lot of energy in this episode trying to stop Bobby's dream. Mm-hmm. And, like, if there was no donut fight that to show Bobby, like, this is what I'm trying to save you from. Yeah, it could have been just, like, a really just sad episode with no with no closure.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, it is kind of funny, the lesson that Bobby learns is, like, just don't be different. <laughs>
4: just don't stand out.
2: Yeah, no, I thought it was a good episode. I'll, you know, it, it was very breezy and light, it felt like. I think it had the potential to be, like, one of the funniest episodes ever. Just, like, the premise of Bobby being, like, a plus-size model. I think they really could have went other places with it and like I really wish that like maybe the guys would have showed up at the fashion show like sitting like on the catwalk like Like
1: if Joseph was like hey I want to go and support Bobby and doesn't see anything wrong with it but Dale is like ha
2: (laughs) (laughs) I just could picture like Bill just getting peppered with donuts and not being able to run away and him just like laying there like all the other fat kids (laughs)
1: like (laughs) Like, it could have been great too to have to say like Bobby was really excited about this so he called up his grandpa (laughs) And, and have Cotton come and check it out, just, like, the gun with the fun shoot. Yeah, absolutely. And then, like, that would just ruin it even more for Hank. Like, we could the episode could have been that Hank was trying to be, like, supportive, and then Cotton shows up, and everything goes to hell.
0: Yeah, and Car- Cotton starts pelting him with donuts. Oh, he
1: would. Oh, he would.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was weird. I can't really put my finger on it, but, like, even doing research for this episode, I was, like, kind of just, like, I'm done already? Like, this felt yeah. like, like a 10-minute episode yeah. sort of thing, right? Like, I... I don't know. I guess like what? Not having any other like side plots,
1: really. Yeah, there wasn't any. Yeah. None. But a good song. I'm probably gonna throw that on a
0: playlist. Oh yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, I, I really enjoy that song.
1: Down uh, yeah, down the Danceteria. Yeah,
0: and uh, and with that, I think we're gonna call this meeting adjourned. Let's get one final roundtable, We Matanya, before we send it off. We Matanya. Thanks for listening. Want to hear more Order of the Straight Arrow? Join the conversation on Twitter at Utsakothpod, or
1: follow us on Instagram
2: at Utsakothpod, or look for us on Facebook at
0: Order of the Straight Arrow, a King of the Hill podcast. Catch new episodes every Sunday night? Please share this podcast with your friends and feel free to contact us by email at OotsaCothPod at gmail.com. Please, no mail. Expressed in this podcast are our own and in no way reflective views and opinions of mike judge greg daniels or fox studios the external audio used in this podcast is not owned by the order of the straight arrow or its affiliates and is presented in good faith to its copyright owners please don't sue us